0: I am not an expert. I've never published a book or taught a class, but I love quilting, and I love talking about quilting. I make a lot of mistakes, but I like to think that sometimes I learn from them and get just a little bit better. If hearing about someone else's goofs and mess-ups makes you feel better about yours, then I've done my job. Join me now as we talk about quilting for the rest of us. I'm Sandy and I'm a quilter and welcome to episode 162 in which I live in emptiness with chaos and I'm recording this on Sunday, July 13th, 2014. I want to start out by saying thank you to everybody for listening. Thank you if this is your first time checking the podcast out and thank you to those of you who have been around for a while and more power to you. I want to um, start out just with a little bit of Sandy, actually this entire episode is just Sandy update because I don't have much to say, <laughs> so I'm just going to kind of keep it simple, and then a little bit of listener feedback. I don't have any announcements. I actually um, wasn't even sure I was going to get an episode out today. As you know, I had, when I posted last weekend, I had said we'd start with the family events today, and so I really wasn't sure what my schedule was going to be. I thought I might get something done yesterday and then didn't because, you know, funny me, I was actually trying to get some sewing done <laughs> before everything started. Um, plus, my daughter needed me to run a couple of errands with her, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. So I really wasn't sure about today because um, my husband, my husband is one of four boys. Uh, he and one other have always lived in our area. Two of the brothers had moved out to California. One of those brothers, the youngest of the four, has now moved back, and so he's now also in the area. Um, But it's one of the other brother's 50th birthday that we're hosting here at our house this coming weekend. And so the remaining Californian brother um, flew in today with two of his older daughters. Um, All of our kids are about the same age uh, so they're all more or less college-age young adult. There is, um, the California crew has one daughter who is still, I think she's just starting junior high now. Um, so there is still one younger, but everybody else is um, pretty much of age at this point. Uh, but any case, they flew in today. And so we were all supposed to meet um, downtown at a uh, Red Wings game, which is our minor league baseball team here in town. Uh, they're a farm team for the Minnesota Twins. And that was going to kind of kick off the festivities of the week. And so the game was at 1 o'clock, so we all had agreed to meet around twelve fifteen, twelve thirty. 12.30. Um, as it turned out, so I had actually recorded an episode this morning before I left, but, it, oh, geez, I just sounded terrible. I sounded exhausted because I was. I did not sleep well last night. Um, I've been feeling a little under the weather the last day or two, so it just it did not sound good. I'm feeling a lot better this afternoon. Um awake for the moment. (laughs) We'll see when I hit my wall, but doing okay for the time being. So um, I decided for a variety of reasons, I would try again this afternoon. Uh, So anyway, we all got to the baseball game. Um, I do need to note, first of all, that our family of three currently, because my son was working today, so he couldn't go, but my husband, my daughter, and I, all going to the same game from the same house, took three different cars. (laughs) we just, we've decided this is just sort of our, this is how we roll. This is how we do it. But we had to take three cars because I knew I only wanted to go to the game and then I was going to come home. Um, My daughter, and we knew everybody else was going to go on to other places after that. My daughter wanted to hang with them for a while, but she wasn't sure she was going to want to hang as long as my husband wanted to hang. So I had said, look, I'll come pick you up, but only if you call at eight or earlier. I'm not (laughs) I'm not going out later because I'm going to want to be heading for bed as early as possible tonight. And so she ultimately decided she would take her car too. And then my husband has his own car so that he can stay as long as he needs to stay. Uh, so I went on my own. My daughter and husband followed each other there so that they could drop my husband's car off somewhere and then get to the game. So anyway, I was the very first one of anybody to actually arrive at the game, which I managed to um, mark on to both my husband and daughter because as my husband was leaving he was like now you're coming right away right you're not going to be doing other set." it's like don't worry i'll be there i'll be there and i did i left mm, five to ten minutes after they did and i still beat them there (laughs) so i was like see i'm the first one here see how that works um we just have a running thing in our family about which one of us, my husband or I, consistently makes the family late. So I've been the one saying, you know, when I'm on my own, I tend to get places on time. Funny how that works. Uh, in any case, then eventually, you know, various, and this was a huge group of family, extended family that was all meeting at this game. I think there was supposed to be a total of about 23 of us all in. Um, and so people started coming in in terms of drips. Well, now it's pouring rain when we're all driving to this game. And so there was some conversation, you know, it the it was supposed to clear up, weather predicted it was supposed to clear up, so everybody was like, No, we'll go, they'll you know, they'll I'm sure they'll um still have the game, et cetera, et cetera. So we all get there, hang out under the you know, in the concourse where all the vendors are, um, all the food court kinds of stuff, and having lunch, had my traditional hot dog and beer. That's the only place I ever really I don't drink beer often with meals because it makes me too full. But at the ballpark, you got to have a hot dog. You got to have a beer. And uh, so I had that. Everybody else had their lunch and we're hanging out. Probably an hour and a half, two hours later, they finally called the game. (laughs) And now half of the family still hadn't made it there yet. Um, So they all from there went on to the rest of their festivities, whereas I decided at that point, you know, I'm just going to come home. Okay, sorry about the interruption. I just shut my dog out of the office and <laughs> closed the door. I don't know what they're barking at. In any case, um, so I got home two hours earlier than I thought I was going to, which was good because I had a lot of work I had to get done here at the house. Um, in any case, I will I will talk a little bit about that in a minute. But um, I wanted to start out with a little bit of update on the mouth issue. Since last time I podcasted, I was doing it with a tooth kind of, you know, hanging on by a, a thread there. <laughs> during the podcast, um, I did have, I did go into the dentist the next day. Uh, he was quite impressed when he saw, <laughs> saw the break. And I don't know if it's a good thing to impress your dentist with how bad a break you've managed to do on your tooth. He told me, you know, on a scale of one to 10 and in, in breaks that he'd seen me he give me a good solid seven, maybe even seven and a half to eight. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> that's, that's something to write in my diary. Thank you very much. I impressed my dentist. Um, it's fortunate. He said it, it. I had not actually exposed any nerve, but apparently it was super dang close. So I was quite fortunate because I could have been in a whole lot more pain. And to tell the truth, when it was actually broken before I could have anything done about it, I would say I was, I think I even talked about this on the podcast, I was averaging on the pain scale of one to 10. I was around a two or a three. Occasionally it might bump up to four or five, but I was taking Tylenol. Um, As long as I didn't touch it in any way, if I didn't chew on it, if I didn't knock it, you know, anything, then it hurt a lot. But basically I could kind of keep it managed. Well, the procedure was fairly brutal. (laughs) I won't go into details. They could, they didn't knock me unconscious. They don't tend to like to do that at dentists, but they did numb the heck out of it. Lots and lots of Novocaine, lots of anesthetic, anesthetic gel. Uh, but because it was so close to the nerve, it still hurt like the Dickens a few times. And then afterwards, when that Novocaine wore off, boy, that afternoon, I was a hurting puppy. Um, it was definitely an eight or a nine <laughs> on the pain scale at that point. Um now, fortunately, after a few hours, that did ebb off quite a bit, and by the time I went to bed that night, I didn't have any residual ache, but um, there were some sore spots in my mouth that took two to three days to heal. It was it was just one of these things where, okay, the broken tooth itself wasn't all that bad, but man, it really hurt to get, to get it fixed. Um, they they actually had to remove that part of the tooth altogether, because um, it was barely hanging on, and then kind of rebuild my tooth uh, with some fake tooth stuff, What <laughs> whatever that is. He did say, you know, he warned me. It's kind of a good candidate for eventual root canal, but so far so good. It really it feels pretty good at this point. Um no soreness, no residual tenderness or anything. So I'm I'm really hoping that I can get a few good years out of this this kind of half fake tooth at this point. Um I I do know that I have removed sourdough nibblers, the, that kind of pretzel. I think they're Snyder's. Um, they are no longer coming in my house. That's what broke the tooth. You know, I had some problems to begin with, but that was really what did it. And, um, the, both the dentist and the hygienist said that Snyder's pretzels, they hear, all, they get a lot of broken tooth teeth from Snyder's pretzels. So here's your cautionary tale. <laughs> be a little careful when you're eating those pretzels because they can be nasty. Um, so, you know, I was joking with my my kids. They, they've they decided I've become very morbid of late because things like when I get in planes, I tell them, now you remember where I keep all my computer passwords so you can get into my stuff if I don't come home and stuff like that. Um, and, and so I told them after this whole, whole ordeal, I said, well, it's just one more thing that really identifies me by my dental records <laughs> when I'm gone. <laughs> like, mom, I'm not going to... Oh, so, you know, that's the, I guess they call it gallows humor or something. Um, meanwhile, yes, as I said in the title to this ep- em- uh, this episode that I'm living in emptiness with chaos, uh, we've got painters in. I think I mentioned that in the last episode that this was going to be happening. Um, it's just one of those things with, it's kind of a creeping vision thing. We did have to have the ceiling in our family room repaired. If you recall, we had a water leak, um, a few weeks ago. And so there was this hole in the ceiling from where they had had to cut some of the ceiling away to get at the pipes in the bathroom upstairs. And so we knew we had to get that fixed before the party because we really didn't want to have, you know, Hey, welcome to our house. <laughs> That's got exposed pipes in the middle of the family room. Um, So in getting the hole fixed, then you're like, okay, well, that means we're probably going to have to get the ceiling painted after they repair it. And if we're getting the ceiling painted, we might as well get that that coat of paint, you know, the fresh coat of paint on the whole family room that we've been needing to get done for a while. And hey, if they're going to be in here doing the family room, actually, our whole first floor is all kind of connected. So that means they've got to do family room, kitchen, all the way into the front hallway and up to the second story because it's all one freaking room. And also, the dining room goes off of that. And then, if they're going to be doing that, okay. Well, since they're in the house and they're already doing that much anyway, let's get some of the stuff done upstairs that we've been needing to get done. Um, to wit, our master bathroom. The the original building painters did one real slapdash first coat on it, and it looks okay. You know, when we did our initial initial walkthrough when we first moved into the house, and you're supposed to be checking everything off, it looked fine. But after you'd lived with it for a couple of weeks, you realize, wait a minute, they never put a second coat in here. You can see there's places where you can kind of see, see a little bit of the original wall still coming through the paint. There's places where you can see streaks where they put the wrong color in, you know, and trying to color match that kind of thing. Um we're not blaming the building the painters so much as the builders because the builders we think went bankrupt shortly after they built our house. It's a whole long story. There were liens on our house when we first moved in, etc. You know, we think that probably the painters doing our house never actually got paid by the builders, <laughs> so they just left. You know, they they got everything more or less done, but it was not the best job. Uh, so now we're getting our master bathroom finished, um, the guest room. I had never wanted it the same. It's the same color as everything else in the house. I never wanted it that color. I always wanted it a different color, but you get decision fatigue. And when we're building this house and trying to get our old house on the market at the same time, I think it was probably nine or 10 months. It was almost a whole year of making decisions every single day. And some of them feeling like, you know, like (laughs) life-changing decisions. So we, we just got exhausted. And at that point I was like, just paint it the same color as everything else. I'll figure it out later. Well, nine years later, it's still the same color as everything else. So we figured, okay, if you're doing everything else, you might as well also do the guest room. So we're finally getting that, the color I wanted from the beginning. Um, And we're also doing my son's room. Now that he's moved out, it really needs a fresh coat of paint so it can be a proper guest room. Uh, So it's basically almost... almost the entire house. We're having everything painted except the living room, which I painted myself after we moved in. So that's still in great shape and it it doesn't get the wear and tear that the rest of the house does. Um, our bedroom, we're not getting done. My daughter's bedroom, we're not getting done, but you know, once she moves out, that's going to have to be done too, but that's probably a couple of years from now. Um, and we're not doing the mudroom because who wants to clean that out? (laughs) There's way too much stuff in there. So that's, that's staying the same. Um, So in order for the painters to come in, they actually started last week, I think Thursday, maybe Wednesday, but I think Thursday, um, and they were just doing the trim downstairs. So we had to move some stuff and get some stuff off the walls, but it it wasn't the full out, you know, getting uh, tearing everything apart. But that's why I wanted to get home early from the game today and not go on to the rest of the festivities with everybody else. I think they're going to go watch the World Cup somewhere, Um, and I'm sorry I'm not that interested in soccer. I really am not. I know some of you out there are rabid fans. I'm really not. Uh, so I decided, you know, I'm the expendable one. I'm, my husband needs to be with his brothers. My daughter wants to be with her cousins. I can back out of this one. I'll have plenty of opportunities to see everybody. Let me go home and start ripping the house apart and getting it ready for painters. Um, so, you know, I, I got the kitchen cleaned. I got a lot of the appliances, all the the stuff moved off the counter and put away, but you know, there is still some stuff we need, like my coffee maker, not moving that yet. Um, and getting everything off the walls everywhere, uh, washing down a couple of walls, cleaning all the bathrooms, getting all the kitchen clean, everything anywhere that they are going to be is pretty much now ready for them to be. And it's really, it's kind of sad because I walk through the house and it just, it looks like it did when we first moved in. That's, I've like lost any sense of home now, um, except for the fact that all of our furniture is crammed into the middle of the room. So we're watching, <laughs> when we watch TV at night, our couch is right up against the coffee table. So our feet are kind of up on the coffee table and we're sitting, oh, maybe six feet away, <laughs> away from the TV. So we're all sort of like leaning back in the couch. You know, it's, it's, it's chaos in that respect, but it also feels kind of empty in the other respect. And, the sad thing is it'll be really nice to have all of this done, but it's all going to be the same color. <laughs> so so we're not even really going to get the the fun of seeing, you know, this whole different home. It's going to pretty much look the same, just cleaner. <laughs> so anyway, um that's that's my life this week and I'm still working from home while the painters are in the house, so me and the dogs are trapped in my my office all day. And my husband at one point Walked by and said, "Oh, we're not doing anything in your office, are we?" And I'm like, "Bite your tongue!" <laughs> I said, "We are not doing anything in this room until I move out because I'm never taking all this stuff off the walls, having <laughs> I mean, to put it back again." My office is also my sewing room, so it's just the walls are just covered with 3M strips and hooks and rulers, mostly. Um, a little, a few decor items and thread, but mostly rulers. Uh, yeah, there's no freaking way I'm ever cleaning this thing out. So anybody could come in here and do any work. Eh, You're going to have to cart me out and then clean it out behind me. Uh, so anyway, and I, I've been eating most of my breakfasts and lunch at my desk because I don't want to be sitting at the kitchen table by myself with a painter, you know, painting nearby and me just, excuse me while I eat my sandwich. Uh, so I've been feeling a little stir crazy here in the house and. The dogs were horrible the first day. Every little bump they heard from downstairs, they were barking and whining and crying and and I was trying to have conference calls and it was we I was pretty much glad once the painter left for the day, I'm like, "Get the dogs out of my sight. I don't want to talk to them <laughs> again." The second day they were much better. Um and and it was a different painter and he wasn't listening to the radio, so that could have made the difference. I think they kept forgetting he was here. Um, now the problem I'm going to have, cause they were just doing the trim. So it was pretty easy to keep the dogs away from it. But once I have wet paint on the walls, I am really worried about that golden retriever hair. <laughs> and you know, years from now, are we still going to be finding dried golden retriever hair dried in the paint on the walls? Um, so anyway, I've gone on way too long about painters. Uh, I'm just oh man, I can't wait till next, a week from now when everything's done, because the painters are supposed to get done Wednesday or Thursday, and then of course the party is on Saturday. So we're going to have like one day to get everything back together. I don't think I'm hanging any of my quilts back up on the wall. I don't think anything's going back up on the walls for the party, because I think we really have to let that paint cure for probably a week, maybe even two weeks, before I put any of my 3M strips or anything back up, so it's gonna still look kind of empty, <laughs> and and nobody's gonna see my pretty pretty quilts. But I'd rather do that than risk yanking paint off the wall that just got up there. So, that's my life with painters. Um. Okay, let's let's talk about quilty stuff. Sorry, took way too long talking about non-quilty stuff. But here's some quilty stuff. That's what you tuned in for. Uh, I did hear from the recipients of the Psalm 98 graduation gift. They got it, I think, on Wednesday, and were very appreciative. It is always nice. You know, we've all got stories of making gifts for somebody and not being sure they really appreciate them. Um, I've never been one to worry too much. When I give somebody a quilt, it's theirs. I'm not going to worry about, are they taking good care of it? Are they doing this, that, or the other thing? It's theirs. It's out of my, I've done my part. Now it's up to them. Whatever they're comfortable doing, that's fine. Um, but it still is nice to to actually get word that somebody is really, really appreciative of what you've done. So um, they really like the graduation gift. I haven't actually heard directly from the young woman for whom the the, the Somnani quilt was made because I think she might still be out of the country. She was um, on a trip with her choir, I believe, if I remember the whole story. She's been out and about all summer, so I've kind of lost track of her schedule, but I'm not sure she's actually home yet but I know her mother, who is my friend, and the two other siblings have all seen it because I got word from the mother um, everything that they had said about it. So that was good to see or to hear that that was appreciated. Um, I have made fantastic progress in my thread art uh, with Lola Jenkins class project, um, I'm at the point now where I've just got to quilt it and then figure out how I'm going to bind it off. What kind of binding or finishing technique I'm going to use. I got all the coloring done, um, and I've posted a, or I've prepped a blog post about this. You're not going to see it yet because I think I'm going to wait till it's completely done so I can do the class review and the reveal and all that. At the same time, um, I have tweeted a couple of in-progress pictures so people on Twitter have seen a couple of little peaks of it here and there. Um, it's i'm i've really enjoyed it a lot more than i kind of thought i did I, i've i've said before about this class that when i signed up for it i thought it was something else some a different type of class than what it is and so i was a little disappointed at first but i decided well you know i'll go ahead and still do it and and actually i'm really thoroughly enjoying it i don't know if this is the kind of thing i would do often but it's it's nice to know what my options are as i approach projects in the future um and i actually it's turned out a lot better than I was afraid it would. But again, you know, that's all going to be in a blog post. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about it now. Um, I am coloring with colored pencils. And I'm mostly using Prismacolor colored pencils because that's what she talks about in the class. Uh, but they didn't. I didn't want to pony up because those things are stinking expensive. <laughs> so I didn't want to pony up for like the whole big Prismacolor thing. Um, so I bought one of the. I think I got like a 24. I think I've got 24 uh colored pencils and that's cuz I had a coupon that I could buy them with at Joann's so there were a couple of colors that I really wanted a few more variants of and so I did pull out my Crayola colored pencils which I've got several boxes of those and um have used those as well as far as I know you could they're kind of interchangeable and also Derwent um I know has some colored pencils that are that I know a lot of people have used I don't own any of those but they're they all kind of work the same way Um, so I was pretty comfortable, you know, just kind of going back and forth between which one I was using. The only thing I could kind of tell in the difference between using them is the Prismacolor are a little bit softer um, than the Crayola. So I kind of felt like a little more color was getting laid on the fabric more easily with the Prismacolor but that you know i was not doing scientific experimental testing so don't quote me on that but that was kind of my only sense of after i was sort of trading back and forth between the two sets of pencils if any of you have a lot of experience using a, a variety of types of colored pencils on fabric for quilting um, voice in your own opinion in your own experience because like i said i have enjoyed doing this i could see doing more of it in the future you know, just using it as a technique here and there, not necessarily doing a full-out colored pencil quilt again. Um, But it would be really good to learn from other people's experience as well. So if you've done that kind of thing, please do chime in with what are your favorite colored pencils and and do you notice a difference between them? Um, That kind of thing. Let us know, Inquiring Minds and all that. Uh, So in any case, I am very pleased with the way this project has turned out. I only have, like I said, the quilting left to do. I haven't entirely decided how I'm going to quilt it. I think I'm going to keep it simple and just do echo quilting. But even that, because of the way I've done the design, there's some decisions I'd have to make within that. And since I've got so much going on right now, I've just sort of set it aside and I'll come back to it when I'm in more of a gentle place, (laughs) I guess, a place where I can be more processy and less I've got stuff I've just got to get done. So let me just get it done. Um, So that's my thread art with Lola Jenkins class. And like I said, I have already started working on the blog post. It will go live at some point, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to get this finished before I go. So that's, you may see that in the next couple of weeks. You may not see it until until August. I don't really know. The other thing I've made a lot of good progress on is my Ami Sims String Star quilt. I finally, finally got the borders on this weekend. Um, And it was, you know, it was one of these things that was kind of silly, I just, it's one of these projects that I get really excited about and do a little bit and then I kind of lose steam and it sits for a while. And then I get really excited about the next step and I do a little more and then I kind of lose steam because there was a lot, it's a string piece. So there was a lot of repetitive stuff. Um, When I got to the point of the borders, I had already pieced all the string pieces that I needed to do the borders. All I needed to do was cut it and then piece certain cuttings together because of the way I'd pieced it. And this will all eventually be in a blog post too. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time going through the detail of how I did this. Um, but I I knew I wanted to miter the borders. And so that was the only thing that was kind of holding me off. I knew I was going to need a little time to think it through only because I have mitered a couple of borders in my past, but it was in the way back. <laughs> I have not done a mitered border in several years that I can recall. So um, I just knew I was going to have to pull out my reference books and sit and think through it again. And, you know, sure enough, I went to my trusty Rodale Quilt Library and um, pulled out, I don't remember which of the books it is. I think it's called something about finishes. <laughs> I don't, I can't even see it. I can see the book from here, but no way can I read that title. Uh, but it's the one that deals with how to do a variety of types of borders. And, um, it's got very clear, very well illustrated step-by-step instructions of how to do a miter and that kind of thing. And so, you know, once I sat and read through it, I was like, okay, now I remember how to do this. And it really didn't take me that long. The mitered borders only take long if you're trying to match up the miter design, particularly. If you don't really care how those two mitered corners come together, it does not really take all that much longer. Um, What The only tricky thing I was running into with these particular borders is because they are string pieced, I wasn't pleased I was not trying to match (laughs) those strings because they're they're varying width, so there was just no way I was going to match it. Um, But it meant I had a boatload of seams. And of course, all of those seams are going to hit in exactly the wrong place. And of course, I had a wad of seams then at the corner that I was trying to kind of work through which one was supposed to lay where. Um, All that being said... I actually only have one corner that is a little bit, oh, shall we say awkward, (laughs) but even at that only people who really know what they're looking for would see that it was awkward. I think it's something that once I quilt it and then square it all up, I'm going to be cutting off the kind of non square, non kosher corner (laughs) to it. So I don't think anybody else would ever even notice that this, that corner was not a perfect miter. Um, the other corners, for the most part, the miter turned out quite nice. There might be a little bit of a, a gap in the corner itself where it comes into the center um, of the quilt. Uh, because of all those seams, there were some places that I was having problems starting right where I needed to see or even see where I needed to start because I was working with so many seams. And I'm like, okay, what, what, which seam am I aiming at here? Um, but that's something, again, that either really won't be noticeable once it's all quilted or if I have to, I can go in and kind of hand tack some stuff together by hand. But it, it really, it wasn't that visible even to me who was staring right at it from six inches away. So I don't think that'll be a big deal. Um, so I now have the string star top completely done. It's just, and now I've just got to quilt it. You know, I keep ending up with all my UFOs at the same place. They've all got to be quilted. Um, at least now I feel much more confident in my quilting, but I still have to figure out what I'm, you know, what design I'm quilting. And again as I said previously I'm just not in a space right now where I I can sit and dream and imagine and be creative. I'm I'm just in a or done mode right now. Um so that one's also likely to sit until August when I have a little more breathing space. I did email the picture of the completed top 2 Ami Sims cuz she had um you know she always says to everybody in her classes please send her the pictures and she keeps a gallery on her website. Um, but she had particularly been interested in the fact that I was using these African fabrics. Uh, and she was really curious to see how that was going to turn out. So I I went ahead and emailed her the picture of just the completed top. Um, and also, you know, asked if she had ideas for quilting, you know, lay them on me. And I had gone through her gallery of everybody else who had completed the same design and, and how they had quilted it. And there, there were one or two that had some, you know, I was, oh, maybe I could do something like that. But there was still nothing really grabbing me. Um, and she did email me back and she's actually already um, posted it in the gallery on her website of these completed things. Um, and also some of the, the story I said in, in the email itself, because yes, I dragged my daughter out of the pool <laughs> to be my portable quilt hanger to take the picture. So I had to explain why there was this wet spot under the, <laughs> under the person holding up the quilt. Anyway. Um, so she has gone ahead. She said, you know, normally I wait until I see the completed quilt to put it on the gallery, but she loves the fabric. So she she went ahead and put it on the gallery now. So if you go to Ami Sim's website and go to the gallery, and um, which is just a menu option, I think down the left-hand side, and then look for the uh, String Star quilts. Mine is, is one of those in the, the um, gallery. And she did send me uh, some possible ideas about how to quilt it as well. So I'm just going to be kind of brewing this in the back of my head until I decide really what I want to do with that. Um, it was, it's not a hard thing to put together at all. Uh, as anybody who's done a string quilt knows that your biggest issue is the seams and it is really hard to keep things straight when you're piecing kind of long strips of stuff together. Um, the, the biggest issue I had with this was the fabrics themselves. Uh, like I said, they're African fabrics, and I have been collecting. They were all fat quarters that I had been collecting from um, really almost the same vendor, I think, every time at any of the larger quilt shows I'd gone to. Um, there's a couple of vendors that you often see doing the African textiles, and so I had just periodically picked up three here, four there, and I, I had a collection. I think I had 16 total. When I said when I counted them out to see, you know, if I had enough to do this project with before the class, um, and I still have a lot left over. I uh, didn't use nearly all of the fabric to do this project, um, but the problem with the fabrics is they were so highly variable in terms of thread count and weave. Some were really loose and stretchy, and other ones were stiff as a. i mean stiffer and thicker than even like a a batik kind of for us quilters often batiks are what we think of as the stiffer fabric these had them beat i mean these were really stiff and no i didn't pre-wash any of them because actually what i have learned from my friends who are actually from africa um they don't pre-wash their uh, fabrics before they sew with them they sew with them first and then they wash them um And I think it's probably because those fabrics are stinking stiff. So you don't have to worry about bias edges or anything when you're, when you're working with them, they don't move. But then I had other fabrics that were all sorts of moving. So there was a a little bit of issue with some stuff. I had to be really careful when I was piecing that border on, especially um, that I wasn't stretching it and then it would pull back together. You know, that kind of thing. I just had to be really careful with it. But like I said, in general, I'm pretty happy with the way it turned out. I love the visual of it. Um, you know, what I'm pretty happy with is the fact that the miters actually worked and that there's not a lot of puckering and and you know, yeah, there's a little bit of wavy border, but I again, I think that'll that'll just quilt out and that's just the nature of the fabric. So, I was okay with that. Um the the problem is I really I've fallen in love with it. This I went from really not being sure how this was going to work. Um, how it was going to turn out, but willing to take the chance to really, this is probably one of the favorite things I've done in a while. Um, but I've already designated it as a gift to a friend. <laughs> and I was saying to my daughter, you know, gee, I'd, I'd really kind of like to have this one myself too. Now here's the problem. it's It's already been, in my head, it's been designated for this friend of mine. Now she doesn't know it's coming. She has no idea I'm making her a quilt. So yeah, I could keep it for myself, but it would always... I would always feel like I'd stolen it from her because in my head this is her quilt. So it'll be her quilt. Now I do have enough fabrics. I probably not of the background that I used, but that I just bought at an LQS so I could probably find it again. Um, I have plenty enough of the African fabrics left to make a whole nother quilt. Plus I actually have enough border strips already cut um, because I just, I had sewed them and cut them before without really measuring for a variety of reasons. Um, mostly that, that was crazy making math. And I decided I'm just going to do it and then see how much I need. Um, and I had probably twice as much. I think I've got enough borders left to do a whole other quilt, the same size. Um, so yeah, I could make myself one, but my problem is first of all, that would take away from the uniqueness of the one I've made her. If now there's a duplicate (laughs) in my possession and sure, I know I could use a different background fabric or whatever. It would still essentially be the same quilt. Um, and the other thing is, I just, I really, I don't like doing the same thing twice. I really hated doing that second Dr. Seuss baby quilt um, because I already, you know, the fun for me of a quilt is seeing how it turns out. If I already know how it's going to turn out, I get bored really fast. <laughs> I I like the surprise. Um, so, and that's part of why I really, I almost never, well, I, it's been years. Maybe my first couple of years as a quilter, I would do patterns that I'd seen in magazines or books or whatever, and do them in the same colors in the magazine or the books or whatever. Um, I can't tell you the last time I've done that. I generally change colors. I change fabrics. I change the design. And most times now I'm kind of designing my own thing um, because I like the surprise. I really like not being entirely sure what it's going to look like when I'm done. Um, yeah there's a lot of risk with that, <laughs> but it's just it's much more interesting so for me, the idea of sitting and doing all of that strip piecing again, because I'd have to re i'd have to do the inside blocks again is just like how boring would that be if I already know what it's gonna turn out to be so I would be surprised if I end up making myself a second one. What I could see myself doing is using these border strips in a different project so i'm I'm hanging on to those, so I'm keeping those around um they may show up again somewhere sometime. So that's my life with the string star quilt. Um, Again, probably won't get back to that in August. I will be, you know, kind of thinking through some quilt designs and that kind of thing. But the chances that I'll actually sit down and start quilting that before I go on my work trip in two weeks, kind of slim to none. I could see myself more easily doing the thread art project first because that one, it's smaller, a lot more manageable. I think I kind of already know how I'm going to quilt it. So it would be a lot faster for me to just sit down and start doing that. Um, The only other thing I've had happen recently is that I did buy some more thread from Superior Threads. You should know, folks, that they're having a sale this month. Um, I think it goes all the way through to the end of July. And it's on their Try Me special threads. Try Me, T-R-Y-M-E. And I've talked about that before on on this podcast. I have done their Try Me specials a couple of times. What they do is their Try Me specials are, a lot of their lines, probably all of their lines of thread, you can do the Try Me special, which means you get a certain number and they usually have a limit of how many spools you can order at any one time, um, that you get them for less than what they normally sell for, but you also can't choose the color. They choose the color. So there's, it's a bit of a lottery, but (laughs) I've I've never been disappointed, I, you know, because really, is there any ugly thread out there? No, you can always use it for something. Uh, so I've done a couple times over the years where I've ordered some Try Me specials. Well, for July, they have those Try Me specials on even more sale. Um, I think at least up to 50% off, and some of them may be even more percentage off than that. Um, so if you go to the Superior Threads website, And I don't remember exactly, you might, I think I tried searching for Try Me once and I couldn't get it that way, but I followed a couple of links. It's not like right on their homepage, or at least it usually isn't when I've been there. But if you look and you will find their Try Me specials, two words, and then um, you throw whatever ones you want in in your cart and then you enter the word Try Me, all one word, in the promotional code and you'll see what your savings is at that point. And I think it's listed. I think you can see how much you're paying for each one as well. Um, But it'll still total up when you're putting them in your cart. The total will still be their full price total. But when you add that promotional code, then it calculates and it tells you what your discount is. Um, So I had gone in one day that I was feeling particularly self-indulgent because I was trapped in my office with two barking dogs on a very hot, steamy day, and they kept panting on me, and it was really obnoxious. Um, I was, you know, it was like, okay, I'm going to go buy some thread that'll make me happy. And so I went to the Superior Thread site, put a boatload of stuff in my cart, and it was, I had a lot in there. And I think it came to a total of like $50. And I thought, oh, that's kind of a lot. But look at all the thread I'm getting. It'll put me through. I've got all this quilting I want to do. You know, I'd I'd rationalized it in my head all sorts of ways to Sunday. And then I went to check out and the whole thing disappeared. They had a glitch in their site. And it came up, actually, that they were having problems on their site. And my cart was wiped out. And in the mood I was in at that point, I was like, you know, rats if rats it (laughs) I just decided, that just must mean I must not be, you know, I shouldn't be buying thread now anyway, because by the way, we're paying for painters. Uh, So I just left it. Well, the next day I was feeling self-indulgent again and got, I think I got a second newsletter from them or I ran across the same newsletter again. I was like, you know, I really did kind of want some of those (laughs) because I had some different threads that I hadn't tried yet in my cart. So I went back in, and lo and behold, now my cart was restored. Everything was back in there. But with the 24-hour waiting period, I cut it in half. I only, where a few of them, I had ordered two or three. My original cart had two or three samples of each. I just went through. I only got one of each. Um, So I think it came to, with shipping, a total of like $20 to $23, something like that. Um, But I'm getting, oh gosh, it's got to be at least 10 spools of thread all in. Um, the one I'm, most of them are samples that I've had before, but I figured, well, you can always get a different color if they send me a different color, that's fun. Uh, but there's a couple new ones. I am getting their glitter thread, which is, um, a, it's one of the kind of hologram threads, like what I just used, the sulky from Joanne's on the graduation gift. Now that I've used it once, I thought, you know, it's kind of fun. Let me try, you know, different types of it. So I'm getting superior's version of it. And then the other new one I'm getting is their glow-in-the-dark thread, uh, because I have some Halloween fabric that I've owned for a few years and I've never done anything with. And I thought, well, maybe if I have this glow-in-the-dark thread, that'll kind of you know, spur my creative inspiration about how to use this fabric. Um, and it's not traditional Halloween fabric. It's really cool. I love it. It's, it's the same artwork as if you watch Mystery on PBS, and you, you know it's the guy that does the artwork that leads into the mystery show. It's that same artwork for Halloween fabric. It's really cool. I love it. It's If I remember, I'll look up what the t- name of it is and stuff, but it's probably three years old at this point, so I don't even know if you could still get it. Uh, so anyway, that's my story of my self-indulgent thread purchase, but I will certainly post pictures when I get that. So that's my life. Let me do some listener feedback. Okay, I've got a few comments to talk back to. I want to say thank you to, let's see how I'm going to do this. I guess I'll do it by subject. Um, Vivian, who left a comment on my class, Craftsy class review about the basics of digital photography with Rick Alridge, She was um, glad to see the review, and she's put it on her wish list. And I will say it was a great class. I really enjoyed doing that. I got a lot out of it. Um, as I said in my review, I took photography in high school. I did a lot of photography when I was, when I was oh so young, Um, had a SLR camera at that point with all the interchangeable lenses, carried them all the way through several trips. Uh, But the older I got and the more time became an issue and not wanting to be burdened, you know, as soon as I started having to carry around kid stuff who wanted to carry around a camera with a bunch of lenses at the same time. uh, So I just got progressively lazier and lazier when it came to photography. I still, composition was always still a big thing for me, but adjusting settings now i was on pure auto for the most part so now i'm back to i've really learned through taking this craftsy class a lot of the settings on my camera um refreshed my memory about how to you know what certain settings do and what the difference is with wider aperture and, and smaller aperture and that kind of thing um and really had a lot of fun doing the homework. It was just a very well done class, and I really enjoyed doing it, and will certainly be going back to it for reference, and especially because one of my dreams is that I will get a new camera before my trip to Burma in December. um I don't know if that'll happen, but if it does, it would be a digital s l r and I would have to go back and kind of take the class again to help me remember all my new settings on the new camera that's That's a dream, I doubt it'll happen meanwhile. I've learned to appreciate my current camera better than I used to. So that I really do highly recommend that class. And again, you can read the review on my blog. Um, Thank you to Maureen, who pointed out, she commented on my um, post about the gift project complete, the Psalm 98 project. And she pointed out that it's a gift that the young woman will never outgrow, which is a very good point. So thank you for that, Maureen. And Jean also commented on the same blog and was really, um, she said, you must be happy that you applied your new learning so well. And um, I am, you know, it was really, it was really cool. It's always cool <laughs> to learn new stuff and then to be able to put new stuff into practice. I, I, I'm a, I'm big into learning. That's my, my personality types always say things about learning. Uh, and I often have to stop myself from learning and and just do whatever it is I'm trying to do. But anyway, that's a whole other podcast episode. Um, I I really had a lot of fun with that. So thank you for your comment, Jean. And thank you to Ms. Lottie, who also commented. And she said, loved hearing the process on the podcast and reading about it here. I'm all about process. And it is true. I, I enjoy the process better. I tend not to post a lot of process posts and I think I've talked about that in this podcast before. I tend to wait until it's the reveal, not because to do this big reveal, but because I'm too busy thinking about what my next step in the process is. And I don't necessarily always want to get a lot of input. I kind of need to work through it myself. So that's part of why I don't post a lot of process posts. Um and Lottie also goes on to say that tension issue is almost an art in its. Uh, the tension issue is almost art in itself. And that's where I had posted a picture of where my tension had gone completely awry the first time I went to to do part of that project. And she says, of course, you'll never be able to make it do what you want when you want it to happen. And it's true. I mean, it was really actually kind of pretty. And I I noticed that when it first happened, even though I was like, oh man, that's way wrong. um, it It was kind of pretty. <laughs> it was kind of something that it was like, Boy, it would be nice if I could do that on purpose, but I'd never be able to. So thank you for that comment, Lottie. And thank you to Jackie, who also appreciated the gift project and said, I must be beaming. And I I am, I'm pleased. It's sort of a cautious, not cautious. um, It's a qualified beaming. I'm certainly glad to have the thing done. I'm pleased with how it turned out. Yes, there is stuff I'm looking at. Like I said in the podcast, I would have given myself about a B plus on it. Um, but if I had tried that same project last year, I would have been lucky if I'd gotten a D or a C minus. <laughs> Certainly I'm very pleased with the progress I've made um, in certain skills, uh, but I, I still, you know, I still see the room for improvement. So I'm I'm happy. I don't know that I'm beaming yet, but anyway. Um, and thank you to Sandy uh, from Quilt Cabana Corner who also, commented on it and she said what a fantastic job incorporating all of your craftsy knowledge which it is and sandy by the way i noticed your blog post today about your own hand dyes and how you're using them and you certainly again inspired me with some oh maybe i could be doing that with that hand dye so thank you for that as well um and thank you to noni who commented on the same blog and she also said by the way you will love tqs uh the quilt show's Newest episode about fabric dyeing and textile treatments. So, thank you for pointing that out, Noni. I have not watched the most recent episode yet, um, but maybe I will. I've actually got some time this afternoon now that I'm done yanking my house apart, and gee, it's not all that comfortable to sit in my family room and watch TV. So, maybe I'll stay up in my sewing room and watch the quilt show instead. So, so thank you for that, Noni. Um, then I also posted a blog post on sundry catch-up items in which I talked about some organizational things I've done it in my sewing room and also my spinning, my hand spinning, uh, drop spindling and spinning wheel class that I took um, in the last couple of weeks. I posted some pictures there. And Francis says, would you just learn to knit and get it over with? Sheesh. <laughs> and, you know, I've talked about that. No, just not gonna. Um, Jean... <laughs> said on the same blog post, uh, your organizers look very useful. I will have to check out the local stores. But then she asks a question. So let me share this with you. Um, A question I have for anyone who wants to answer, she says, how do you store a bobbin of thread so you know which thread it is, i.e. which spool it matches? Is there a clever way? I've been putting a rubber band around the bobbin thread to keep it from unwinding and then using a long twist tie to fasten the bobbin to the spool. Then they go into the thread drawer into spindles if they fit. Gene, um, what I use, uh, two different things. First of all, I do use, um, oh, what are they called? They're the little ponytail holders for little girls that you buy at the dollar store and there's like hundreds in a bag and they're fuzzy whatever those things are called ponytail holders for little girls from the dollar store and i use those on my bobbins i'm not thrilled with them i just started using them i think last year after reading a whole bunch of people rave about using these things and how cheap they were and how well they work i'm not thrilled with them for two reasons one they stretch out really fast um second and once they stretch out they're useless so you can't keep putting them around the bobbin i guess i could double but then it's like they stretch out enough so you can't put it on there just once and hold, but you also, they're not quite long enough for you to be able to double it over and or you'd have to cut them off. Anyway, um, and then the other problem I have with them is it makes it hard to see the color of the bobbin thread when you've got this big old fuzzy thing around it. Um, so I'm not overly thrilled with them. I'm, prob- I'm, I'm going to keep using them for now. But I've I've been starting to look at the bobbin, what are they called? Bobbin keepers, bobbin minders, something like that. They're a plastic clip that actually clips around the outside of the bobbin. If anybody uses those, post a link or something in a comment so other people know what I'm talking about. Because if you own them, you probably know what I'm talking about. But if you've never heard of them before, I just left you clueless. Um, But I've started looking at those because I, I think they might just work better. I do keep my bobbins in one of those, a lot of them anyway. I have one of those round um, plastic, kind of rubbery plastic things. I really can't describe these. If I have time, I will post pictures of all these things on the show notes or not. Um, It's just one of those circular bobbin holders where you push a lot of bobbins in in a row and you can look right down at them and see the color of the bobbin but the the thread still scrapes in there so you still have to put something around the bobbin to hold the thread on the bobbin when they're in the bobbin keeper and then you can't see the color at all so you see it's this vicious circle um now in terms of how you keep the bobbin with the spool of thread there's a tool for that um and i can't remember what it's called i'll have to look it up i bought them from clotilde maybe which is no longer clotilde i think it's annie's attic or annie's catalog or something uh, but if you go on Amazon, but there are these plastic things that push down into the spool, the hole on the spool, and then you slide your bobbin over the top and it holds it all together. And those work fantastic for any spool except orophyll. They do not fit in orophyll things. They're, they're too small for the orophyll hole. And what do I mostly own? Orophil. So I still kind of try to, I kind of balance it in there, but it doesn't really work well. So I just tend to, if I've got a bobbin that I really want to keep track of next to my spool, I keep it sitting right next to the spool. Um, that's the that's the only fail-safe I've found to do that. I would love it. a phil could make a boatload of money. Or phil people, if you're listening, if you made your own stinking bobbin keeper thing that would fit on your spools. So that's all a long digression. That's what I do, Gene, even though I couldn't remember the name for a single thing I just told you about. There are all sorts of great tools out there. If you just go onto Amazon or to um, Connecting Threads or Keepsake Quilting or anywhere that sells, you know, the, the Annie's, whatever that is now that used to be Clotilde, any of those things that sell notions and you type in bobbin keepers or bobbin minders or something like that, you will find some uh, some solutions. Like I said, the cheapy version is the girls' ponytail holders that come a boatload to a bag for a buck in dollar stores, but they also have their limitations. And and I remember um, Jackie has the same problem. She and I had a whole conversation about those stinking little ponytail holders at one point. Um, And Jean also goes on in her comment to say she loves the yarns, and doing anything with alpaca fiber is heavenly. She says, I made an alpaca hat last winter entirely by hand by finger knitting a long tube than wrapping, sewing the tube like a cartoon beehive. It is so soft and warm. Is it knitting if you do it just on your fingers? And I would say, Jean, yes, but I don't knit. So I'm not, <laughs> I am not the authority <laughs> on, on whether that would really be considered knitting. I think of it as knitting. Any of you knitters out there want to weigh in, go ahead. But yeah, the alpaca fi- fiber is just luscious. I love that stuff. And I, I definitely want to pick up some more when I'm at the Fiber Festival again this year. Um, and... Kati also said on Sundry Ketchup Items, she suggested that I go buy some 3M stock (laughs) because I'm keeping the company very much alive. And it's true. Um, And she also said the yarns look comfy. I still can't wrap my mind around how you can have a continuous yarn from some random sheep wool. And that's the cool thing about spinning because... As, you know, the fibers are only so long. Each individual strand of fiber is only so long, but as they kind of stack up on each other, you just get these really long yarns. It is, it's is—it's a really cool process. I enjoy spinning quite a bit. Um, Pam of Hip To Be A Square said on the same blog post, she, um, by the way, she was tweeting, she just took her very first ever knitting class. I think the first one was this Saturday and she's got another next Saturday. I think that's the way it works. I don't know. You'll need to listen to her podcast and or check out her blog to see it um, for sure. But she posted on my uh post about the sundry ketchup item. She said, if you want to practice spinning and I need to practice knitting, you can send me your spun yarn to knit you a scarf. Just saying. And you know what? Pam, I will take you up on that when I spin something that I think could actually be knit. <laughs> I'm not sure. I was joking with the women in my spinning class when we were on the wheel. Um, especially when I plied it, because I had, I had issues with plying on the wheel, and that was not because of the wheel. It would have actually been a lot easier, but because I didn't have a lazy Kate, I had nothing to hold the the initial individual strands of yarn that I had already spun, so they were just kind of rolling around in balls at my feet, and so I, I was having problems keeping everything sort of sorted and organized. So the, the, the two-ply of the spinning wheel yarn is really... It is... Let's just say there's some variation <laughs> in the thickness and I was joking with a couple of them that I had some friends who were avid knitters and I said I should really just be mean and mail this to them and say hey can you make a sock from this because <laughs> I personally not being a knitter I think it would be virtually impossible to work with but it would be kind of fun to see if somebody actually could do anything with it but I don't no, it, it, at the moment it's going to stay safely on my shelf as my before and so later when I get better and get more consistent I will have the before and the after um So anyway, that is it for comments and feedback, and that's it for my episode. As I have said a couple of times before, mayhem ensues for the next couple of weeks. So I am—I think I'm just going to say it now. I'm not going to podcast again unless something really amazing, miraculous happens that I just have to tell you about and can't wait. Otherwise, I'll just try to take really good notes for the next few weeks um, for what little I am going to get done. Again, the parties this weekend, family events all week this week, so I doubt I'm going to have any extra time to do anything. Next week, I'll be in recovery from this week, plus getting ready to go out of town. I leave for my work trip at the end of next week, and then I'm gone for a little over a week for that. I think I come back on Saturday, August second, whatever that is, something like that, and then I'm going to need recovery from that before I'm ready to talk to anybody again. Um, Oh, the good news is you will appreciate this. Uh, I am driving to Wisconsin for my work event, and um, this is, we have a conference center up there. Our denomination has a conference center in in, uh, Wisconsin, so I've gone there a lot of times over the years, and I had developed a habit of when I drive home, I stop in Shipshawana, Indiana, go to Lolly's Quilt Shop, and which is a phenomenal quilt shop. And then I eat whatever meal I'm there for at the Blue Gate restaurant because by the time I get there, I'm so sick of cafeteria food. Just give me some really good comfort, home cooking Amish style. And then I go to a hotel, get there at about six or seven o'clock and sleep <laughs> for like 12 hours. And then when I make the rest of the drive home the next day, I'm much more sane and ready to be a human being to my family and it had looked on this week this trip like i wasn't going to be able to do that because my supervisor was thinking about tacking on another trip for just her and i after this you know so we'd be going straight from our board meetings to this other um event and so i really wasn't sure i was going to be able to go and i was kind of pouting just a little bit um and she's decided she can't do it so i am just driving home on my own so i get to go to Lollies and i get to go to the Blue Gate and i'm very excited about all of that i've already made my hotel arrangements and everything um it's just such nice recovery for me <laughs> from my work events. Uh so anyway, all of that being said, you will probably not be hearing again from me until at least partway through that first week in August if not that the the next weekend. Um it's going to be a little while. So I'll be around. I will probably be tweeting here and there. I might um have some blog posts that either go, you know, that I either pre-write and go live while I'm gone or that I manage to get up you know, over the next couple of weeks. So you you might hear from me that way, but I won't be doing another podcast for a little while. But please do still leave your comments because I'll be excited to see them. I always say I need a little quilty in my life when I'm out traveling for work. And uh, it's always good to um, get your pictures and get your comments and your emails and all of that kind of stuff while I'm gone. So please keep talking to me. You are my lifeline to the real world. (laughs) and otherwise I will talk to you when I get back. So you know how you can get a hold of me, although I just closed out the page where I tell myself how you can get a hold of me so I don't lose track of what I'm saying. There it is. You can email me at sandyquilts at gmail.com, sandy with a Y, quilts with a Z. You can follow the blog. You can follow me on Twitter, Pinterest, Goodreads, or Flickr or Craftsy, although you can't search for somebody by name on Craftsy yet. Still a feature they need to fix. All of those places, I'm Sandy Quilts, Sandy with a Y, Quilts with a Z. You can join, you can like the Quilting for the Rest of Us page on Facebook, or you can join the Quilting for the Rest of Us Flickr group, and I really hope you will because I love seeing your pictures. Or you can join the Quilting for the Rest of Us Kiva team and do good all over the world, and you will find links for all of those things at www.quiltingfortherestofus.com. And until next time, whenever that may be, go get your quilting on. Quilting for the rest of us is dedicated to Shirley. Love you, Mom.